0: What is going on, everybody? and Pepper here with Andrew Cooper. Welcome to the Quick Out Fantasy Football Show. It is NFL Week 18, Coop. For many, fantasy football championships last week happened. It's over. Now we focus on to Week 18, DFS. Maybe some leagues are running to Week 18. Start preparing for our playoff contests that are going on here. I know RT Sports has one. The FFPC that you uh, have a little thing going on with there on your show. Uh, is having one up you have an ffpc article coming out already uh, and another one i think coming out in the future here so uh, a lot still to talk about just because you know for money the fantasy football season has ended
1: and i'll tell you what this week but basically the the two best weeks for dfs are week one because as you know the prices come out insanely early and there's so much to take advantage of and then there's this week where we're gonna have a bunch of teams that are benching starters we have a bunch of teams that are basically in playoff mode already that are going to be going absolutely crazy and then in between there in between there it's very interesting because the team the league wants to discourage tanking so like you look at a game like the patriots jets you know they're probably going to discourage those teams from benching starters but there's kind of an unwritten rule i went back to look at week 18 last year sometimes in these games if the one team benches their starters. The other team now has a green light to bench theirs. Right. So a lot of moving parts I kind of dug through to see if we could figure out who could be trusted, who can't, who are some sneaky plays. And let's get into it, man, because there's a ton of that out there. I know, uh, you know, personally, what I like to do is go full stars and scrubs and lean on in DFS, lean on teams that that i know are they have to win to get in right yeah. and pick the stars from those teams and then i go and dig around and i say hey who, you know what who is a value play that could get a lot of work this week so we got some and uh, as always we're gonna go through every matchup for everybody let them know you know playoff implications and all that so yeah, we, we are getting one?
0: some news right now adam shepherd reporting that jeff driscoll will be starting for the cleveland browns this sunday yes. All Riddle right, joe flacco uh, sitting there. Walker uh, is going to be the backup behind him. So, uh again, uh, this is going to be an interesting week. Teams to play for, teams not things to play for. Uh, We have Saturday football uh this week here. No Thursday game, Saturday football. Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. Baltimore's at home getting four because, of course, they are uh, locked in to their seating here. It's a 36-and-a-half game total on this one. Uh, talk to me, man. What are we thinking Baltimore's doing with their offense this week?
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of these teams, and, and the 49ers already said what they're going to do, and I think a lot of the teams are going to follow suit, is like you practice the way you normally would, although a little bit light, and the starters play a little bit, and then they go right to the backups. Some teams might just go straight to backups. In this case, well, I'm going to wait and see. If Tyler Huntley is starting, I don't necessarily hate that in DFS. I might make a lineup. And you know what I'm going to do, too, is I look at – the uh Ravens tight end group and I think they actually have three tight ends that could start for a few teams in this league not just Mark Andrews not just Isaiah Likely but I actually really like Charlie Kohler I think Charlie Kohler could potentially be the starting tight end for teams like you know the Colts with no Jelani Woods or or the uh the Seahawks so in DFS if they come out and say hey we're going to rest the starters Charlie Kohler all of a sudden becomes pretty interesting along with Tyler Huntley. Now on the other side of the ball, John, the Steelers, they need to win and yep. they need help. Right. So with them, I'm not really discounting anybody. Are you?
0: No, they mean they already came out and said Mason Rudolph's their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to continue to ride him, which is probably a good thing for the offense, right? The last two weeks Steelers have put up more yardage than they have all season long for the most part. Uh, and with the points here. So um you know certainly still plenty of um of potential for uh this offense to do some damage both on the ground and through the air and if we're going to see baltimore resting the majority of their key players it should be an easier matchup for them
1: exactly and i kind of put uh, in my snap count article i'm going to get into it pretty deep i've already you know did most of it uh, i put these guys the teams into three categories essentially red green yellow and the red teams are benching the starters. The green teams have to win. And a lot of these teams, like the Steelers, there's too much uh, – there's so much else that they need to happen that they they can't scoreboard watch. Some of the teams that I consider yellow are teams that can scoreboard watch, and we'll talk about a few of those matchups as we get there. But the Steelers can't because there's a ton of different ways they can get in if they win, right? Mm-hmm. Colts-Texans tie, I saw. Uh, the Bills lose to the Dolphins. Uh, the Jags lose the you know then there's like five other situations where if one team ties and another team loses they get in so the Steelers there's too many moving parts for them to sit anybody the Steelers are a team where you can go and, and pick guys like George Pickens especially who's been he's been a, a, a on the focal point with yeah with Mason Rudolph Pat Fryermuth is the one that that concerns me because yeah I don't know they, they teams don't always bench their Defensive guys and Frymuth hasn't really been targeted much from Rudolph, so I don't know. Pickens is the guy I like best out off this. Yeah, game.
0: Pickens, of course, and I, and I think the running game is a little bit appealing if they're going to be sitting some of their uh, defensive starters there. Um, next matchup, we have Houston Indy here. Uh, these are two nine and seven teams, obviously in the division, so uh, a lot to play for here. Um You have the Colts at home getting one and a half here, 47 and a half game total. Stroud came back last week. We saw Pittman come back for the Colts. How are we approaching this one here, Coop? Two teams yeah. that should be going all in.
1: Yeah, every team in the AFC South, except the Titans, can actually technically win the division if depending how things go. So the Texans here, if they win, they're in. And then, and then other factors will decide, right? So if the Texans win – And the Jags lose, they could win the division. But if the Texans win and the Jags win, now they're a wild card. So both these teams are playing for keeps. So I look around, and this is where I'm. You know, when I'm making my rankings uh, for tight ends, especially which I already did, I've done rankings for every position. But like I put Evan Engram at one because the Jags need to win, and he's been playing really well. And you look around, and some of these other teams are bench starters, or uh, you know, as Anthony points out in the chat, Travis Kelsey, I don't even have in the top twenty because he's probably not going to play. So. You know, I look around and this is where I'm pulling a lot of guys from, right? Nico Collins in DFS lineups, Michael Pittman in DFS lineups, right? Uh, Dalton Schultz, absolutely interesting, considering he did okay through that gauntlet of brutal matchups, right, right John? So he's absolutely interesting here. Jonathan Taylor for sure, right? Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on Devin Singletary, man? In a matchup like this, he he's kind of taken over the job, but we've seen him be good in in good matchups and. Pretty rough in other matchups. I don't know is Singletary on the DFS radar or for you? Or uh, yeah,
0: up? of course. I think these are the clear running back here in that offense. So um, I would have no problem going Singletary there.
1: I also had a hard time, uh, and I wanted to ask you about this when I was doing my quarterback rankings. I Had a hard time not ranking CJ Stroud this week, particularly within the top five. Like right. I, I know t- losing Tank Dell it hasn't been quite as magical, but uh, you know when you when you remove Mahomes, you remove some of these other guys. Tua dealing with a shoulder. I think I actually have I have Stroud ranked at three. Is that too high, John? I so one no, I mean
0: why have... I don't think it would be too high given what he is as a quarterback and the fact that there are gonna be quarterbacks that aren't playing that we're used to playing. Like we mentioned, there's not gonna be a Lamar Jackson, there's not gonna be a Patrick Mahomes. So no, he's certainly gonna go ahead and get a boost there.
1: Right, and we'll talk about uh, Jalen Hurts and my thoughts on him when we get to that game, but uh, I do have him ahead of Hurts for a reason we'll get to. But ahead of him, I have Dak Prescott in a must-win matchup for them to win the division, and then I have Josh Allen ahead in a must-win there. But Tua is the one where – would you rather start Tua or CJ Stroud? I know Tua is dealing with a little bit of a shoulder, but –
0: And it's a tougher matchup for him as well, so I I think I'm going the, uh, the Stroud route.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And then after that, I looked at it, and it's like, you know, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, they'll probably play, but there's no implications really. So I don't know. I, I like leaning into the pressure. So that's why I stand with those guys.
0: Yeah, totally, totally good with that one. Um, Coltside, obviously mentioned you can play, you know, whoever you want really on that side. Pittman, hey, yeah. Taylor, they're all, they're all going to be good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacksonville, Tennessee is your next game here on Sunday, as we mentioned. Uh, Jacksonville also in the hunt there uh, in that AFC South. Uh, on the road here against Tennessee, Tennessee's getting five and a half. Um, do we have a Trevor Lawrence status update? Is he is he good to go here? What do we know?
1: Yeah, so I've been I've been following it. We don't have a green light, but I mean, the way this guy's been treating the entire season, I find it hard to believe that he's not going to go. Man, like he he's been battling through everything, so I mm-hmm. expect him to play. But honestly, C.J. Beathard has been fine for the top dogs, right. and and even if Zay Jones goes, I don't imagine he's going to be full go coming off a hamstring that's been struggling you know you're struggling with the whole time so basically the way i look at this from the jag side i'm starting evan ingram everywhere and the dfs and all over the place i'm Mm -hmm. starting calvin calvin ridley right and then i don't really want to use you know tim jones or zay jones or Jamal Agnew or even Parker Washington, really, because Parker Washington has not been a full time guy. He's kind of splitting with Ingram. So for me, it's really Etienne, Ridley, and Ingram. And then I'm just gonna let the rest
0: I go. did see a report supposedly that was that a real report? Yeah, rap sheet. Um, that they opened the um, Christian Kirk window to return. So
1: hmm, interesting. So I don't know.
0: I don't know if Kirk is gonna be available to come back, but they did open his window to come back from IR this week.
1: So. Yeah. So, I mean, if he makes it back, then that does, that obviously erases Parker Washington. I'm not sure if I trust him, but it could even, it could hurt Evan Ingram a little bit. Now, on the other side, on the Titans side, again, like this is a team that they'll probably just play it out, you know, like DeAndre Hopkins, Derek, this could be Derek Henry's last game for the team. So I don't know if they, uh, you know, you could see them say, hey, you know what? Take it easy. We'll play some Tajay Spears. Or you could see them say, hey, you know what? If this can be your last game, why don't you go out with a bang here? That's why there's some teams like the Titans that I consider kind of in the yellow territory But I don't know how much I trust them either way. I think that, you know, from a competitive standpoint, the league does not want to see these eliminated teams benching starters. Right. right and the jaguars aren't going to that's your that i, I looked at it last year and that was kind of the caveat was that some teams that rested starters or benched them halfway through the other teams that were eliminated said hey you know what the league can't really say anything about this so we're gonna rest our guys too but right. i don't know I, I expect the titans probably to stick with it i'm just not sure who i would really even utilize in tfs hopkins maybe i don't know john yeah maybe i mean I'm,
0: we got to go look at the bonuses right who, who needs their money coop you know right. that's, that's that's generally a spot where we go and look and you know, how many did, does DeAndre Hopkins need x catches or x yards to go get paid? Because those guys are about their money in this league, and they, and they'll go make sure that they uh, they get whatever could be uh, could be owed to them in those uh, in those situations.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean DeAndre Hopkins is one of them. So if that's what you're looking at, Hopkins does have an incentive to hit 1,000 yards. So right. you know uh, he is. You know Baker Mayfield has incentives. Uh, there's a few other guys, so we'll try and hit on that as well. I was looking at that, so. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see, man. But I definitely – I think with Hopkins set up the way he is, being so close to a 1,000 yards, he's going to – I think he's going to play to get that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know these guys, you know, they tend to feed those players, right, that, that are, are close to their money, right? So right. uh certainly could have some value there. Uh, yeah. well, Minnesota. What I,
1: what I want to mention earlier then uh, that I forgot to mention is Dalton sure. Schultz also has an incentive. So Dalton Schultz, his incentive is – an additional quarter million dollars if he gets the 60 receptions. He has 54 right now. Okay. So they're looking at that. I, I, and the thing is, with that one though, I don't know if I trust it as much because there are, they do have implications on the game. So they're not going to put that above, you know, they're not going to put that above just winning the game, but yeah. just keep that in mind. Six catches for him gets him another $250,000.
0: Yeah. I mean, if he gets a couple of catches though, you know that they're probably going to probably think about get it yeah. the, in the passes. So. Um, next match up here, we got Minnesota versus Detroit. Detroit's at home given three and a half here. Uh, Detroit locked, they locked into their spot, right? That's kind of why they did all the two point conversion stuff last week. They couldn't do worse than third. I think it was. So, right. um, what are we thinking here? I, I got to assume that there's going to be, you know, they're not playing for much, right? They're, so, they're, there may be some, some limitations. Here's the
1: thing where I have a special caveat. There's three teams with a special caveat for me. Okay. This one, you would think a normal coach would rest the starters. Do the Lions have a normal coach, John? They do not. No, they do not. So he has already said they will rest when the season's over. There is plenty of time to rest in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And he said the plan is to play the starters. Now, that doesn't guarantee they'll play the entire game. Like, right. They could start the game the and then come, at some, come out at some point. But what that does for me is – at the very least, this isn't going to be a team where I'm trying to get cute and start guys from you know deep, right? And I also moved Laporta down a couple spots just for the possibility he might not play the whole game. The right. one guy that really interests me here is Jamison Williams because they've said it a million times. This guy needs reps. This guy needs work. This guy needs practice. Th- that's the one guy of this crew that I look and say they're going to make him play the whole game.
0: And well, gonna, we'll see because he got hurt in that last game.
1: Yeah, if he's yeah, if he's banged up. But I mean, that's the guy that I would see get getting additional reps. And if I was the Lions, you know what I mean, and I wanted to be Dan Campbell and do the whole thing and 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 put on this face, but also you know maybe ease it up a little bit. Maybe I would work in some Craig Reynolds a little more than normal. Right, sure. that would make a lot of sense. But yeah, the Lions are probably a team you want to avoid just because of the uncertainty there.
0: Sure. Uh obviously the team on the opposite side of them you have the the Minnesota Vikings, they're not playing for anything, so would we'll assume we'll get the, you know their usual crew out here, but uh I guess we'll have to uh wait and see. There's still a three-point dog even to Detroit, who uh you know, could have like hen and Hooker out there well, on the second half of that game. Now
1: so. technically there's a very slim they're not fully eliminated. They need a lot of help though.
0: Well they need yeah, they, they have a, need a three percent. Three percent in at like eight and nine, you know, like they would. Need, everything goes down, so they would need, yeah, yeah. Purposes, they need a
1: big list of things to happen, yeah. Right. Uh, so for the most part, yeah, Minnesota. So what they need is they need to win, uh, Green Bay to lose, Seattle to lose, and Tampa Bay to lose, right. or the same situations in New Orleans loses. And if Tampa Bay and New Orleans both lose, that would put the Falcons into the playoffs. And it would put the Vikings into the playoffs, and Green Bay would miss. So, mm-hmm. very, I mean, very unique situation there that both teams are rooting for. So I don't know, but I mean, they'll probably play their starters because you just imagine you don't give it your all, and then all those things happen, and you lose. You would be, you would be, everyone would be fired. You know? Yeah, what that's I mean?
0: what I'm saying. That's why I would expect you'll see the usual crew, and hopefully Nick Mullins out there, and not. Uh... Yeah, yeah hopefully dealing, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the, the disaster we saw last week. Um, Cleveland, Cincinnati, as we just mentioned, there's no Joe Flacco in this game. I can't imagine Cleveland playing many of their starters, uh, if any. And then you have Cincinnati on the other side, eight and eight. They're home, getting or giving six as favorites here.
1: Yeah, and the Bengals, uh, they are eliminated. So. Okay. I could see this being one of those games where the Browns not using their starters, the Bengals kind of, they kind of have a green light to do whatever they want. Right. I look around though. And you have to ask yourself, like, do they even have viable backups at certain spots to go? Right. So chase Brown becomes very interesting as a DFS play, because he was already playing some, why not give him an extended look? But you look at tight end and it's like, you know, Tanner Hudson's been running the most routes. What do you do? Use Drew Sample more and Mitchell Wilcox more? Right. No, they're blockers anyway. So, so, Tanner Hudson, he's probably still going to be what he's going to be. You know, maybe use Andre Yoshi, Yoshi Voss. But again, there's, I think there's too many situations we can depend on to go this way. Chase Brown's the one that's most interesting off the Bengals,
0: though. Yeah, I would agree with you 100%. I mean, the, he showed some flashes in the running game yeah. as it was. So, pretty, pretty good yeah. spot for him. And there. They,
1: it's a perfect spot to get him some looks.
0: Yep, agreed. Uh, Atlanta, New Orleans here again. uh, Atlanta, seven and nine. New Orleans, eight and eight, uh, both in the NFC South. New Orleans is a three point home favorite of 42.5 total here.
1: Yeah. So this is one where you can definitely pick guys because both these teams need to win. Both could potentially win the division, right? So uh, it's kind of like the AFC South. Both AFC South and NFC South have have three teams that could win the division still. So uh, it's very interesting here. I'm using. Guys, definitely guys like Chris Olave that you could trust. Alvin Kamara's got an ankle issue, so I don't know. It's like Jamal Williams' boost, Taysom Hill' boost. Jamal Williams could be sneaky in this situation. Jamal Williams
0: got 15 carries last week, so yeah,
1: exactly. And I do want to point out the Juwan Johnson. Right, I went back. So Juwan Johnson had been playing like 40% of the snaps, not playing a ton. Then all of a sudden he played 70% of the snaps and, and caught his second TD in a row. I actually went back and watched a 20-minute Derek Carr press conference because I had heard there was something in there about Juwan Johnson. You know, I like the 12-minute mark. So I right. was about to give up. He said, uh, Juwan Johnson, not only do I uh, am I getting trust with him, but he's finally healthy. That's what he said. He said, finally healthy. So something was going on with him. Now he's fully healthy. Two sure. weeks in a row, he's played 70% of the snaps. And this past week, he caught another touchdown. It's three weeks in a row. So Juwan Johnson, definitely on the DFS radar for me in this matchup versus the Falcons, who are who are pretty uh, you know easy against the tight end. So Juwan's going to be in the DFS article for sure. On the Falcons side, you know the deal. The only wide receiver you could ever trust is Drake London. And you can – difficult to trust him as is. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle Pitts, if you want to do it. Bijan, if you want to do it. Algier, maybe has a pay down in cash games, but what's the upside? And uh and John who I'm just I'm not using John who, but feel free if you really want
0: to. Uh, agreed. Uh matchup here, Jets, New England. Uh New England is a two and a half point home favorite. Didn't think we'd ever see that this year. Um I mean, obviously their defense comes to play, their offense obviously looked a little bit better under Bailey Zappi. You know, the Jets are the Jets at this point. Did, did the Patriots close out the season with a home win?
1: I sure hope not, John. That would be an absolute nightmare. As a Patriots fan, just to have to trade up to get those pieces you want, man. And, again, uh, Aaron in the chat with the announcement, we're doing our best to provide every last – there's only so much football, man. I'm playing DFS. I'm playing FFPC uh, weekly lineup. I'm doing all that, dude. We're getting deep into this. This particular one, though, neither team wants to win. Both teams have great defenses. Right. Both teams have good special teams. Both teams have terrible offenses. This is where what I'm doing is I'm just betting the under and I'm staying away because I'm not really interested in starting.
0: I mean, the Patriots are currently play. in the number three pick position here. If they win, they could fall down. I think things went have to five if they break yeah. break the wrongly for them. So yeah, I don't I don't envision this being a win, but you know. uh it's going to be ugly. I agree with you. I'd probably go and take the under, which is currently set at 30 and a half, by the way. So, uh, which I think is the lowest total we've had on the board this year. So Yeah.
1: I'm going to later today for Patriots fans. Usually I do fantasy analysis and unbiased analysis. But for Patriots fans, I'm actually going to dig in and figure out what teams we need to root for and against. The way it works, John, is we could get the second pick. If we lose and Washington loses, then it goes down to strength of schedule. So from there, and and the strength and schedule numbers are so close that the outcomes of this week determine it. So we need teams that Washington played that we did not play to do well this week, and we need teams that the Patriots played to do poorly to affect that. I there's a lot of moving parts, so I'm going to try and figure it out. I right now I couldn't even do it, but I'll tell you this for DFS and for everything else, I'm just staying away from this game. I have no interest in the game. Play
0: the defenses, right? Play Play the the
1: defense. Well, yeah, exactly. I have the defenses ranked two and three. Yeah. I have the Cowboys against Washington ranked one, and then I have the Jets and, and Patriots two and three. And I don't, it really doesn't matter which one you rank two or three.
0: Agreed. Tampa Bay, Carolina up here next. Carolina's a five and a half point home underdog at 37 and a half game total here again. Tampa Bay uh, going for the division win under Baker Mayfield here, Carolina. Uh, you know, no first round picks. They would have the top pick. They don't have it this year. They're playing for nothing.
1: They're playing for nothing. And I, the, again, the Panthers. They're going to play. They're a young team and a new team. I think that they're going to, unless they come out and say they're going to start Andy Dalton just to keep Bryce Young out, or for whatever reason. You know, the Bears did it last year, but Justin Fields was hurt. I think that they're just going to roll out what they've been rolling out. So you know, it's going to be Mingo and Thielen with Chark as a part-time guy. Chuba Hubbard will probably get the bulk of the carries. Tommy Tremble will be out there doing what he does. I don't really love any of those plays, but I don't see a reason why they would bench guys uh when they can play spoiler against the division rivals so uh, on the buccaneer side though i mean i know guys have gotten healthy vaughn bell and jeremy chin we'll see you know at jc horn what the status is with those guys but last time mike evans played this team he dropped 160 yards right so mike evans and chris godwin absolutely interested rashad white i'm interested in k dot and i'm out on uh baker johnny he he was looking rough last week, cobbled it together and bailed us out. Are we you doing get it again?
0: Fancy points, I think it was going into halftime, and he comes out with 24 because he throws for right. like 250 and two scores in the second half of that. And game.
1: the two point conversion, right? Like yeah. just kind of cobbled it together. Are we? And I, are we I do- had
0: the uh, Godwin anytime touchdown bet going, so the 47 yarder there was nice, so it, it all came together, you know.
1: Yeah, are we doing it?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh
1: cool. what's up, Brett? How are we doing? Thank you guys for popping in, man. I I really appreciate you guys hanging out with us, dude, because it's like, you know, we're here today because we love football, right? Fantasy football is over, but we're digging deep and we're doing what we can because it's what we love. We're gonna cling to every last bit of it. Yeah. Dino has a very the Dino Fontaine with a very interesting question. I do have Laporta ranked ahead. It boils down to how much you believe Dan Campbell and the things he says versus what he's willing to do. Because what he's told us is that these guys. We'll Rest when the season's over, and they're going to play to win, they're going to play for keeps, but there's almost no reason to. So, and then Juwan Johnson they have to win, and Juwan's been good, so it's not crazy to go Juwan over Laporta in DFS. I would use Juwan at his price and not Laporta. If I had a real league with implications this week, I would start Sam Laporta.
0: Yeah, perks. Uh, next matchup we got here, uh, the Rams versus the 49ers again, 49ers are at home given three to the Rams here. What's your, what's your overall take in this matchup?
1: So the Rams, the one, so the 49ers are going to rest starters. No doubt about it. Debo Samuel already said that the, the 49ers are actually in a spot where I don't want anyone, not the backups either because of what they've told us. Right. And I know Howard wants to go with Elijah Mitchell. And I think that that's an interesting dart, maybe the only dart that I like, but I think CMC is going to start. They're going to, they're going to start the starters and then they're going to ease in the backups and, I look around and I'm like, am I going to start Ronnie Bell? Am I going to start – like, Juwan Jennings has been hurt. Am I going to start – at tight end, it's Charlie Warner and maybe the rookie Braden Willis. Like, I'm not going to start those guys. Jordan Mason may be a dart throw, but I'm probably just going to stay away from the 49ers completely. And here's the thing. The Rams, their situation becomes very complicated because of that as well. They can get the six or seven seed, right, which almost doesn't matter. And it might be better off with the aging guys – to rest some of these guys. So it could be a situation where the Rams come out and start their starters, and when the 49ers pull their starters, they start pulling guys too. The
0: 49ers already ruled out McCaffrey for this week. Okay, so he's
1: already ruled out. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be – the thing is, like, if they bench Trent Williams, the reason Elijah Mitchell has been so good is because of Trent Williams and Kyle Juszczyk. If the 49ers aren't going to use Trent Williams and use checking those guys, is Elijah like? Are they still going to be that good of a running team? Yeah, I mean
0: it's still from the volume of, of carries that he'll probably end up seeing in that game. So, so, so
1: Elijah Mitchell splitting carries with Jordan Mason behind backups. So you still are in on that?
0: I mean, you don't know if he's going to be splitting carries or as the lead running back. So, we, why you know, wouldn't
1: okay. they? Why wouldn't they both play?
0: I mean, we don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they're just right. saying that they, well, they, have, they have them as favorites here, and they have Elijah Mitchell expected to be the lead running back in that offense. So,
1: well, Johnny's in on Elijah Mitchell. I'm Elijah. I Mitchell didn't Haney. say I'm
0: not, I didn't say I'm like in. I'm just saying, like, they've oh. already said he's going to start and McCaffrey's out. So,
1: folks in the chat, John has planted his flag yeah. firmly. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm
0: just, saying, uh, I'm just reading off what's being said here. It's there.
1: It's it, the possibility is there. The possibility is there for upside. And Kyle Shanahan's
0: for... also always very truthful with us. So
1: Shanahan, yeah, but you're right though. I mean, it is a spot where he's going to be cheap at DFS. So DFS for sure, you can take a look. The Rams on the other side, like I don't know. I feel so, I'm scared of using Kyron Williams. We weren't going to use any of the tight ends anyway. And then, like, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, do you use those guys? Does Tutu play? The, I think, for me, I'm just trying to stay away from this game if I can. But okay. uh, there, Chicago, there, there are some plays there. There are plays there.
0: Chicago Green Bay is your next game here. Green Bay is given three. It's a 44-and-a-half game total here. Uh, Green Bay, 8-8, eight eight, Chicago 7-9 and nine on the season. Uh, Bears locking in the number one overall pick. They wanted to do that this offseason.
1: Yeah, the Bears, I mean, that's the thing is that that pick – it's not even their pick, so it's the Panthers pick that gives them right. that. So and their own pick can can be improved, right? Yeah. The thing is, they can play spoiler here. Sometimes teams do that, man. Some like the Packers, especially
0: the divisional matches with the way they set the end of the season up like right. this for these reasons, you know.
1: And the Packers have legitimately been mean to them. Like, not it's not even like, oh, like it's football. Like Aaron Rodgers and all these guys, they have legitimately been mean and they call them little brother, and they say that they own them, and they change the Wikipedia page, and Jair Alexander and all these guys continue to talk trash, even without Aaron Rodgers there. So if the Bears could eliminate the Packers from the playoffs, I'm sure they would love to do so. So I look at the Packers, and we have to see who's healthy. Uh, Britt, if you're hanging in the chat, let me know what the, the recent update is. But, you know, if Bo Melton played over Malik Heath in this past game, ran more routes, if Watson and Wicks are out, and it's gonna be dubs, Jaden Reed, and Bo Melton, then I could be interested in a little Bo Melton dart throw. But if Wix or Reed Wixer Watson play at all, I'm out on Bo Melton, I'm out on Malik Heath. Jaden sure. Reed's the guy you want, I think.
0: And sure. then of
1: course, you know, Aaron Jones is gonna play, Tucker Kraft is gonna play. Keep for Tucker Kraft, you gotta keep an eye on all that and on Luke Musgrave. So a lot too as always, a lot of moving parts with the Packers.
0: Yep, of course. Uh, next matchup here: Kansas City versus the Chargers. Chargers are given three and a half at home, as we mentioned. No Patrick Mahomes here. You got to assume Kansas City is just going to sit uh, the majority of their key starters in this one. Uh, so you have the Chargers, you know, likely playing out uh, with their you know veterans in this matchup.
1: Yeah, Britt asked what what the question was. We want uh, just the recent update and your feelings on what happens with the Packers, right? So who's going to play? Who doesn't? Uh, like, where are we at with Christian Watson? Where are we at with Dante Wicks? In this Casey and Chargers game, I mean, obviously, Casey's going to bench a bunch of guys. Like, they're, they said they're benching everybody, right? Yep. The question is like, you already couldn't trust the wide receivers as is. So I'm really not going there. People are going to be on Noah Gray, but Noah Gray plays like 60% of the snaps. He could also be kind of on the back burner. What I'm interested in seeing here, and here's a real deep cut, John. This yep. is as deep as you guys are going to get. I saw your
0: there. tweets. I was waiting for this moment, so go yeah. for it. So
1: here's the thing. Uh, they don't really have much behind Travis Kelsey. If Travis Kelsey rests and Noah Gray kind of rests, then they have Blake Bell, who's a blocking tight end. They signed this guy a couple weeks ago to the practice squad. He's a converted wide receiver named Isaiah Gaffings, right? He's 6'3", 220. Basically, they just said, hey, you're better off being a tight end uh, and trying to do that. But he's, you know, he's fresh from being a wide receiver. He's on the practice squad. If they call him up and activate him, that is about the sneaky of a play as you're going to get. No one else is going to be on that play. And that's what we look for. We look, we don't look like if they call up a blocking tight end, we don't care. If they call up a converted wide receiver and and everyone's going to be benched. Now we look at it and say, hey, you know what? Why not for this guy, right? So mm-hmm. that's a deep one here. Isaiah, and it's Isaiah with a Z, not an S. So, uh, and then Gaffings is J G A T H I N G S. So keep an eye out for that. He's not even called up, so it doesn't matter until he gets called up. But keep an eye out.
0: Sure. Uh, we have Denver versus Las Vegas here. Las Vegas two and a half home favorites. Uh, Denver's eight and eight. Las Vegas is seven and nine. Uh, again, two teams that uh, don't have a ton going on. But what are your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, both teams eliminated, but they also, like, the interesting players that they would use if they were going to mix and match guys aren't really playing. Like, Michael Mayer's banged up. Marvin Mims is out. So, like, it's probably just going to be the same thing we saw last week. Lil Jordan Humphrey, Brandon Johnson, Dart Throw. Jerry Judy still kind of like a partial guy. Right. I could see the Broncos using more Jaleel McLaughlin. Job. I said
0: to yeah, get Jaleel McLaughlin, I had, I used last week in a, in a championship matchup and came through with eight fantasy points at PPR. So like, that was huge.
1: That's the one I look at. I think I, I'd like to see some of him. And then of course there's all, there's no reason to bring back Josh Jacobs for this game. So you're going to get, you know, Zamir white again, probably. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then I don't know, maybe you see a little Trey Tucker if you want to get cute with it, with the, with the Raiders, but, uh, you know, I think this game is just going to be a, uh, we're here. So we don't get fined type sure. thing, like play it out, shake hands at the end and say, hey, you know, a good season.
0: I mean, yeah. great way for great matchup for Samir White to end his season. Right. I mean, we talked about it. The, I didn't think Jacobs was going to be here next year. Um, I thought that there was a point in the season when Jacobs was going to probably be benched. Cause I didn't think that the Raiders were going to have the season they had. Now they might've had the season. I thought they were going to have, had they not fired McDaniels, uh you know four weeks into it five weeks into it but you know this is the zamir white I thought we would see at some point this year uh just kind of setting him up I think for next season to be their guy.
1: Yeah I mean you you were in on him man and you're looking you're looking right on that because he looks good.
0: Yeah. So flowers
1: nice. for you there. We he's, got a uh
0: he's a big fast running back so it makes a lot of sense.
1: That's what we like. A question in the chat here from Tilly over with the Twitch gang twitch glasses for the Twitch gang. Uh wanna read that one off Johnny.
0: Yeah uh we got uh I'm in Dynasty, trading Amon Ra, McBride for Kyron and Laporta.
1: Man, I mean, that's a fair trade, I think. I personally would rather be on the Amon Ra and McBride side simply because I think Amon Ra has proven that he's going to be an every-down player for that team. It would take a lot for them to just make him a slot guy. Maybe down the stretch of his career, like Tyler Boyd, he would just be a slot guy. But I think he's pretty locked in, whereas with guys like Kyron, we – you have to be very careful. Like I think he's a he's a good player, right? He's still 5'9, 194, so undersized to some degree. And you never know with these guys because we looked at guys like Damian Pierce and people were all excited about Tyler Algier, day three guys, and they got replaced. And I've seen Philip Lindsay have back-to-back thousand-yard seasons rushing. You know, Kyron Williams right now has a thousand one hundred and forty-four, and he didn't hold on to the full job. So I like the idea of Kyron Williams. He's just not as safe of an asset as the other two. So I think I'm just going to stick with Amon Ra and McBride, Tilly. Uh, unless, you, unless you have – unless you're like absolutely loaded at wide receiver and you badly need running back, then maybe make the move. But I would try and wait as long as you can through the offseason. Tell that person, hey, I like that trade. Let's do it in uh, early August after sure. the after the draft, after everything else.
0: Uh, Seattle, Arizona here. Arizona's getting two and a half uh, against Seattle. This one, Seattle is eight and eight. Arizona, obviously, out of it at four and twelve. Um, what do we think here, Coop? What's Arizona's offense going to look like this week?
1: I mean, the thing with Arizona, man, last week they came out and played hard, even though they were already eliminated last week. So I could see them just—it's a new coach and him just saying, "Hey, you know what? This is new. We're we're trying to get things together." I could see them just playing this one out, and again. They can play spoiler against the Seahawks, so I'm not afraid of using Trey McBride or right. or Kyler Murray. Uh, and again, it's Marquise Brown's on IR, so it's going to be Michael Wilson and Greg Dorch in Rondell Moore. So I don't mind using those guys. And then the had a
0: big, big week last week. I Huge. did not expect that performance out of him. And you know, Seattle's a team that he could repeat those kind of production numbers out of him.
1: Right. Yeah. He. I mean if they're going to play the way they played last week, again, they had no reason to play like that last week. They had nothing riding on oh, it.
0: You know, beat, beat the, beat, yeah,
1: beat the, uh, they can't finish the game. They could finish the season strong here. And they've already said, uh, Jonathan Gannon unequivocally said, uh, Kyler Murray is our quarterback, right? You yeah. said number one is our quarterback. So, you know, they could still potentially, I know it would make it a lot harder for them to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Who is probably, you know ideally a great pick for them, but yeah. I don't think they care as much as they do about the winning culture, so I think they're gonna play. And then on the Seahawks side, they got to win, so give you know, go ahead and use DK Metcalf for sure, yeah. go ahead and use Tyler Lockett, JSN, Kenneth Walker, tight ends. The running
0: back, well, the running backs ones obviously to watch because this is a great matchup for Kenneth Walker, but then again, right. last week he got banged up a little bit, they showed him on the sideline having to get his shoulder worked on. So. You know, you do wonder exactly how healthy uh, he is going to be going into this week. So,
1: yeah, I actually, in my rankings, because of how many teams are benching starters, I actually have both Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet ranked pretty decently. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Charbonnet's, yeah. Charbonnet's probably the highest I've had them all year because if they go out in front and you got the shoulder issues with Walker, Charbonnet now could get a whole second half of run against right. a uh, Cardinals team.
0: So, agreed. Uh, Philly versus uh, New York here, uh, the Giants are getting five and a half to 41 and a half game total. Uh, the Eagles obviously uh, big disappointment last week in their offense. You know, I know there's been a lot of talk here about uh, the efficiency and and playing all that other stuff on Jalen Hurts actually having a good season, but their defense is letting them down. Right. Yeah, if they if they somehow lose to the Giants this week, I mean that would be that would be a disaster. Nightmare. I
1: mean the thing is they might just uh, I, I so I read some quotes from Nick Sirianni. I read a lot of quotes from Nick Sirianni, and without him saying it, I can surmise this: they are going to be scoreboard watching, John. Uh, He basically implied that it's not off the table that if the Cowboys go up big against Washington, the Eagles can't change their seed. They're locked in the – if the Cowboys win, the Eagles are the fifth seed. So they could be doing some scoreboard watching. For me, that makes me not want to start virtually any of these Eagles, especially Devonta Smith, who's banged up, because they could just be playing half the game. And it doesn't make me want to start the backups either because they're going to be playing half the game. Same thing with the Giants. There's a couple guys in the Giants where I look at it and I say, okay, you're eliminated. If Darren Waller gets hurt in this game, that's the dumbest thing that could possibly happen. He Since he came back, he's only played 60% of the snaps at most mm-hmm. in these games. So I actually – Daniel Bellinger becomes kind of interesting more than Darren Waller. If Darren Waller gets hurt in this game, hurts a hamstring or something, then that is just embarrassing. So I can see the Gi- – I can see the Eagles pulling their starters halfway and the Giants turning around and saying, hey, you know what, Saquon – Darren, like we're not going to put you out there against the backups here. Like we're just going to do the same thing as them. So this is one where I don't like Eagles. I don't like Giants. None of them.
0: Yeah, that's that's fine. Again, it's a, it's not a great spot really for them anyways. No. Uh, Dallas, Washington, 425 game here. The Commanders are getting 13 and a half uh, against the Cowboys this week.
1: Right, and that's because the Cowboys know that if they win, then they're in. And then, mm-hmm. of course, people turn around and they say, oh, well, the Cowboys – they could rest their starters if they go up big. In fact, I saw uh Richard Sherman say that the Cowboys should just rest the starters anyway. And he said if you're if your backups can't beat Washington, then you aren't ready for the playoffs. Personally, you know, Richard Sherman, very sharp guy, Stanford guy, love him, but I don't agree with that. Personally, I think you got you you have to win this game. If yeah. if Tyron Smith is too hurt to play, then 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 go. F- go ahead and bench Tyron Smith, but you're not going to bench Dak Prescott and potentially lose this game and potentially end up as the five seed instead of the two seed. That is ridiculous to me. You go out and you play until you're up by two scores, and then you start looking around and saying, okay, you know what, Tony Pollard, that's probably enough, right? But I think they cover the spread here. I don't think they're going to bench anybody that isn't actually hurt. So Cowboys you can use.
0: Sure. Sure we uh, just to get word Ron Rivera is saying that Sam Howell will be the quarterback this week for the uh Washington.
1: So Man. Cowboys defense number one in DM. Yeah, Cowboys defense one, CeeDee Lamb one. That's Pretty where much. I live.
0: Yeah. Uh final game here, Buffalo versus Miami. Miami getting three at home, 49 and a half game total, Coop.
1: This is the one, Davy. This is the one. And what stinks is that it's not in the main slate for DFS, right? Because it's its own, you know, uh, it's, it's the, the night game. So you're just going to have to load up and play a night game on this. But this is the one where if you are in real leagues, start them all. And the one, the one guy, very oddly, uh, Stefan Diggs, I want to get your take on this on why this, because we're, we're speculating, John. I look for all the information I could find. I couldn't find any of it. Stephon Diggs, all year played 80 or 90 snaps in virtually every game. The last three games, he has not played more than 60% or so. He played against the Cowboys, he played 40%, but that was a washout. But in the other two games, he played about 60%, and they've run a much more balanced attack and they've won all three games. So, I mean, is it? What are your thoughts? Is it philosophy? Is it, it maybe he's got a little nagging injury? Why he you, he was a full time player. Gabe Davis is still playing ninety percent of the snaps, so yeah. I don't know. What do you? What makes the team do that, John?
0: Uh, honestly, I don't know. It could just be a bunch of it. Could be buy in, right? It could be the effort they see him on the field. It could just be the fact that you know maybe he is dealing with an injury that they haven't really maybe. publicly disclosed, right?
1: If he plays, the thing is, if he go with the injury stuff. If they go out and they don't play at all, then it's a problem. But like what happened with Ben Roethlisberger a couple years ago and the Steelers got fined $100,000. Yeah. But as long as he's going out and playing half the game, there's no violation. You don't have to report minor injuries if the guy plays. So maybe he is dealing with something. Because of that, I don't have Diggs ranked as high as I typically I mean, would. I saw
0: him make a play against the Patriots last week, and then he just immediately came off to the sidelines. It's like one right. play, and then he just sat there. I'm like, really? You can't go back to the huddle after one play? And he didn't uh, look like he was that engaged in it. He just like made his play, got up, walked to the sideline, took his helmet off, took a bottle of water, and just sit- stood there.
1: I've seen so, the like, Bills do this, man, which is so interesting because the Bills, like, these games have been must-win. I mean, now they're playing a must-win game again. They've been winning all the must-win games, but, like, we saw it down the stretch – was it? Was it was. Was it last year or the year before last? Where Devin Singletary? They just leaned on Singletary, and he scored like six touchdowns in the yeah. last four games. Like we've seen them kind of go away from that. So I don't know. James Cook, I'm definitely in on. Dalton Kincaid. Uh, I mean, Dawson Knox left last game with a head injury, and guys aren't really clearing in time for these games. So if Knox is out, Kincaid is going to be ranked back where we had him ranked back when D- D- Knox is out the last time. And this is a good matchup for him. So I'm definitely in on. James Cook and Knox – and Kincaid, sorry. Diggs, Gabe Davis, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think that's where you can get an advantage in a showdown slate by not using those guys or maybe using sure. Gabe Davis. And then on the Dolphin side, you got to check and see with the with the Waddle health and, and the situation there, if Waddle is banged up or out, it's Cedric Wilson again. Otherwise, it's business as usual, John.
0: Yep, I agree with you there 100% here, uh, Coop. What, what's our overall thoughts? What's your one big takeaway from this week?
1: I mean, the big takeaway is this. If this was a lot of information to absorb and if you're going to play DFS and stuff this week, the snap count article I'm doing that's going to be in today. It's either going to be up today or up tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to try and get it up today. That's going to have all this stuff in writing with names, with backup dart throws, with who we're scared of, with who we're in on. So if you're serious about playing DFS, about playing on FFPC weekly then that article is where you're going to get all this information in full in writing and you can dominate those platforms
0: so that's yep. going to be up
1: thank you Absolutely guys and, and last thing is that could, because this is the last we'll, we'll probably take a little break on this john or are we going to come yeah back i think i
0: think we're uh we, we may be done till the uh right around the nfl draft group so this could be the last quick uh fantasy football show for a little bit
1: let's say free agency will be back johnny
0: we'll see We'll see
1: see. see what we're going
0: to put out there.
1: Yeah. We'll see what schedule makers say. We're going to have, don't worry. We're going to have other shows, of course, you know, that we're covering all this stuff anyway. So, but just want to say thank you guys so much for hanging out uh, in the chat. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Adam Bernard and John. Thanks to you, buddy.
0: Yeah, Thanks to you, Coop. Of course, we're always around. A lot of fantasy football is coming up next. Uh, Bender and Coop will be there. uh, Talk through uh, any of the highlights that you guys have, questions. You want answered maybe some bets or dfs questions there as well uh but for now guys you can always find us in that discord you can always get us over on twitter uh good luck in week 18 everybody we'll talk to you later